listening to the Nerds Assemble podcast. Episode 288 of the Nerds Assemble podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Paul. And I'm Paul, aka Retroid. Uh, some members of this podcast may be slightly inebriated tonight. I can't comment. It's not me. Hey. <laughs> um, I'm not allowed to drink at the moment due to meds. <sighs> but um, it's a, we're just doing a casual what we've been up to episode this week. I think the biggest news we've seen is a particular CEO from a games company currently getting hammered a bit for uh, certain stances on abortion uh, rights in the US. And this isn't the same company that we talked about the other week, was it? No, this is a different one. No, this is a different moron. Yeah, different moron. A lot of of distancing going on at the moment with people who've had business dealings with the individual. Um, it's it's a, a little bit like um, everyone just sitting around and they're you know they're just you know casually chatting, and then someone says, "You know, Hitler was right about a lot," and then everyone just slowly turning and looking at this person and go, "Why did you say that now?" Also, what the fuck? Yeah. Also, why? Also, yeah. can I change seats? <laughs> Or, or universes. I mean, that seems to be the the, the magnitude of exiting. That's See, that's that that's when you get a can of deodorant, you lift it up, get a lighter, and spray the fucker. Yeah. It's it's just this, this bloke is the CEO of. Um... Oh, let me hang on. Oh, put down my booze. And try and find the uh, re- the relevant. Unfortunately, I am controlling my PC vi- with just a game controller at the moment, so this is hardly the um, oh blimey. the optimum. Which game controller? Uh, it's it's a three hundred and sixty ah uh, pad. Oh wow, that must be old, old, pretty old now. That's it. That's it. Just 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 hammer the wooden <laughs> stake into my heart. <laughs> Uh, just Christ, but yeah, it's it's um, he's the uh, the CEO. I think he, I think he's the CEO of the uh, the publisher and dev of the Killing Floor games. Oh. And it turns out that uh, yeah, half the soundtrack, at least half the soundtrack on the Killing Floor, um, are just. Christian rock bands, but they're instrumentals. I, I don't think we need to go into this any further. I, I just there, there's stuff online. We we, we might link yeah to yeah just yeah. It, I I have the feeling that it's kind of unfolding at the moment because there are a lot of because he um he's a CEO of a publisher. As well as a you know game developer, um, there are a lot of you know small devs who 
you know, that they've either had things published or, you know, they were signed up to be published saying, yeah, we've changed our minds now. We'll be backing away from that because we're not assholes. It's it's kind of funny because, you know, kind of before now, uh, it's kind of felt like there's this been uh, this whole argument of, um, you know, oh, if you don't like a company's stance on something, boycott it. Yeah. And that happens now, and it's just like a lot of people are kind of turning around and being like, ooh, cancel culture. I mean, to be fair. Yeah, or, or consequences, as they're called. Yeah. Um, no need to talk about Roy Chubby Brown. So, hey, remember when Gerald Ratner got cancelled <laughs> by himself? <laughs> For any, anyone who can't remember, Ratner's was a, um, a very ubiquitous um, high street jewellers, which was on the cheaper end of the spectrum. And he got up at a you know, posh dinner. Uh, I can't remember if it was like a shareholders thing for Ratner's, but yeah, Gerald Ratner got up onto his date and say, you know, how, you know, how have you been so profitable? You know, people ask me and it's because we sell crap. And that got reported and it sank the company. So there's, there's kind of a, a long history of uh, CEOs thinking, Hey, that would be a really good idea to absolutely fuck everything up for myself. I'm trying to think which one of the pizza companies. I know we've talked about it before, but the guy that was the CEO founder. Yeah, of I mean, the pizza so it's like, in the US. was it Papa John's? And okay. there was something. Okay, so it, it was it was between them. One was good, one was bad. Yeah, I can't remember so which is which. Papa John's versus Little Caesars. One's Little Caesars, that's one. It was bad. I can't yeah, remember. I, I, I remember Papa John's being bad, so I'm presuming that uh, yeah, yeah. So Papa Little Papa Caesars was uh, it, good. Yeah, so Papa John's CEO saying some very bad shit. Um, yeah, uh, and other things. Um, and basically getting kicked out of the company. Versus Little Caesars, where you've got like you know the the founder of that who like paid for like I think it's Rosa Parks' apartment for a while in, C- in Seattle back in the day. Uh, when she was like much older, so so bit of contrast. Anyway, this is completely off topic. Nothing that what we've been up to, no, other than no. obviously keeping. And, and we we're very careful not to go off on tangents. There's no tangents here. No, none whatsoever. Ever any of these weeks that we have no. Speaking ah, here which... we go. I, I, hang on, I have found the relevant info, oh, so no. I, I can actually give, put a name. President of Tripwire, the company that brought you Killing Floor, Killing Floor 2, and Killing Floor Incursion, <laughs> John Gibson, yeah, tweeted out, proud of hashtag US Supreme Court, affirming the Texan law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat. As an entertainer, I don't get political often, yet with so many vocal peers on the other side of the issue, I felt it was important to really just take a massive shit on my company. He may not have said that last bit, but he has effectively <laughs> done that. Yeah, I mean, but, but yeah, that, yeah, that lot, lots of devs saying, yeah, no. Or that, or like, I, I, I must appreciate the fact that um, there have been like many, many, many people just spamming that website. Yes. Oh, the reports. The, yeah. It. Yeah. Taking, taking, just... taking some leafs at the books of the K-pop army. 
Was was it also um, uh, GoDaddy said that they were revoking the the license for the hosting that site? It could very well have been, yeah. Um, and so and, and GoDaddy have had their own CEO fun, but because uh, if if I'm right in thinking, I I think it's not actually owned by like the the federal government or the no, you know the Texas like you know government or anything. Bounty yeah. Because anyway, it's Texas, so anyway, everything has to be private. Anyway, aside from watching the world burn on t- via Twitter... Hey, I um, was watching it burn on Facebook, thank you very much. Okay, okay, other social media platforms are available, or not available, if you want to keep your sanity in check. Um, but, uh, so so it's, no one was watching the world burn on Tumblr, because uh, more or less everyone no, Tumblr keeps do- Tumblr just keeps burning itself, he doesn't need the <laughs> I don't need to watch the world burning on top because Tumblr keeps burning itself. Oh god, I had some. Do you know what? What we've been up to? I had to, I was trying to do something <laughs> on Tumblr yesterday, and um, and it was with a submission, and some someone had submitted a thing to a blog, and I was trying to edit the post, and it's just like, oh yeah, we're not going to save it. And by the way, have you noticed how like the editor, like this is me sort of like Tumblr talking to me, it felt like, all right, look, the editor's different whilst you're trying to edit this submitted post, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, by the way, we're going to have an error every time you now try to post this post after having edited it. And it was a submission, I'm going to put it out again. So somebody else had submitted it to the book. I was just like, fuck's sake. So in the end, I had to use the mobile app to at least make the post post, because it wouldn't even let me post it via desktop. <laughs> After and the editor, like I said, did not look like what the editor had looked like for God knows how many years now. And it was just a fuck's sake. So something had gone there, and I it was like the whatever the beta thing is that they've had going on had like infiltrated my settings without me agreeing to it. Um, so I stored it out on mobile, including any tags, posted it, and then because I was like, well, I'm still not happy with it. Let's see now that I've posted it, whether or not I can edit the posted post, and I could. I said, well, then what the. F- fuck was the problem previously and the editor had gone back to normal however other uh eagle-eyed uh tumblr users may notice on desktop that the option that previously was when you were in like an actual post and making it or editing it to switch between uh markup mode html sort of source mode and like uh rich text editor mode is now all hidden away in your dashboard settings area but why because so, clearly there cannot be any reason why you might need to edit the HTML of a post whilst trying to do rich text editing because something's been a bit finickety with the formatting or you copied something over and pasted it and it carried over some artefacts that you need to be able to delete by looking at the freaking source code. Anyway, yeah, that was... <laughs> That, 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 I, yeah, I, one thing I've been up to is just fecking about with Tumblr and it's ongoing bullshit thanks to Automatic, the current owners, in case you weren't up to date with Tumblr news. <sighs> so if you wonder why Emily just um, slightly uh, giggled to herself there then. <laughs> it was basically because we still haven't started the episode properly and uh, I looked down... Uh, at my wrist and realised that I wasn't even wearing a watch. 
Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I've put, uh, I've put on the on the notes. I've put Tumblr bullshit. Cool. Um, I've. Ah, uh, oh, I'm gonna go first. I've been up to. Um, <laughs> not that. Uh, I've been playing. Well, technically, it's replaying, but it's on Switch. Final Fantasy Nine. I started a replay oh, yeah. a few years ago on PS4, but never finished it. Now, and now I'm on Switch, and. Um, yeah, so I managed to. Those who've played Nine will be aware of the skipping game, which it is, has been a long time. Yeah, it's in Alexandria. It's like one of the first things you can do before even the game really kicks off. You can have BB go and do uh, skipping or jump rope, as it may also be called. Oh, this is um, ringing a bell. With some girls uh, near the ticket booth in Alexandria, um, and basically, like it gets faster and faster every so many jumps, and it's really hard to time. And when the game originally got ported to stuff, well, to like um, Xbox One and PS4, because obviously most of the controllers are wireless. Is actually near enough impossible to do the jump rope game, the skipping game, because yeah. the delay between the digital controller and the digital signal, wireless controller, digital wireless controller to the you know the gaming system was lo- the lag was long enough that it could fuck up doing the skipping game. Yeah, this this is sounding familiar, and what is it's part of the reason not this game. But it's part of the reason um, I don't like playing old hardware on new TVs and also why I don't like cloud gaming. Mm. However, mm. however, so playing it on Switch with mm. the Joy-Cons into the system and obviously playing it handheld mode, I was able to get to just over 100 jumps. Mm. Which meant okay. that I got some um, good uh, playing cards as well. See, I don't remember Final Fantasy IX that much, but that sounds like it's at least easier than um, Tidus uh, in Final Fantasy X dodging 200 fucking lightning strikes. Oh, yeah. Because that is just like... That gets manic after a while. Because um, it's not even regular no, either. it's not. Though, if you can figure out the algorithm, I mean, it's still an algorithm, though, so it's regular in its own way. Um, but, um, yeah, so there's, like, so many prizes you can get from the jump game, but the jump game, after a point, it basically becomes cred. Um, yeah. And, and it's just kind of like, oh, you know, like, you can uh, you can get the, the final reward you can get, which I think is for something like a 1,000 jumps. It's either 1,000 or 10,000. I think it's 1,000. It's like King of Jump Rope, or King of Skipping, whatever. Um, however, like I said, it gets faster every so many times. So you have to basically eventually find a rhythm, and your eyes might be drying out by this point. Y- and you have yeah. To, and you have to find like the right point to like focus on the screen as well. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a kind of, you know zen type thing i was reading online and it can take something like i think maybe seven and a half to eight and a half minutes to do the full amount of jumps when you say the full amount of jumps as in to get to that thousand or whatever to to get the king of 
Right. Okay. Around. So that's how long you'll you'll you'd be trying to jump, basically. I think um, so if you... I got to 998, I would just turn the machine off, take everything apart, and put it in a cupboard, and move house. <laughs> I mean, you could do that, or you could try to give it another go again after your hands had a rest. Um, no. no. <laughs> Stuff like that. You know, it's it's so long that it's like, if you if you you know, if you kind of fall at the first hurdle, it's not too bad. It's when you fall at, you know, the 998 and then you just go, fuck it. No. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah. Obviously, I have progressed since doing the skipping game. I'll admit that I've spent an obscene amount in, in, on that, uh, playing cards and stuff before actually progressing just the first bit of the story, which is where the play happens. Um, um, it's, and- is it... Is it in any way remade, or is it more or less just the PS One? No, no, yeah. it has got so the graphics are better. Um, They're sharper are, in general. It's sharper in general. They've got a few more polygons going in, and uh, there's um, like some extra modes to like make gameplay easier, which I've so far not used because I don't want to. Like you could just Who automatically do... automatically turn on, been able to just hit for nine thousand nine hundred nine damage. I mean, who so. the hell does that? Or like loads of gill or something, mm. and various other super make it easy things. I'm just like, or I could not do that. Um, I'm currently I've just completed the festival of the hunt in Lindlum. Um, the party has split with Sina and Dagger having run off to try and stop Queen Brain doing stupid shit. Queen Brain. In or Bran, however you want to pronounce it. Um, uh, meanwhile, Zidane, Freya. Vivi and I just picked up is it Q or Quinna? No, Quinna, sorry. Mm. Uh, just before um, I stopped to record this episode, uh, I, I, I can't remember, but who's the uh, the black mage? It's Vivi. Yeah. Um, I, I have a soft spot for black mage. I think I think a lot of people really like mm. Vivi from the game. I think he might actually be the most popular character from Final Fantasy IX. Um, but yeah, we're on our way to is it Grisma Greeks Grotto, however you pronounce it. I mean, come on, nobody speaks the names in this. Like, I'm guessing how the hell you pronounce yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, uh, So that we can go on our way to uh, Burma Seer. Um, so yeah, uh, I've already like probably at a slightly higher level than you would expect for that point of the game. Um, with a lot of really nice, sweet S items. I purposely had Zidane lose the first of the hunt to make sure that Freya would win. Um, and I'd be able to get the coral ring, otherwise I'd have to wait ages to get it. Is it me, or is Final Fantasy IX um, a game that basically encourages multiple playthroughs in order to get everything, because it kind of... Um, like, say, for example, I, th- I think I remember hearing about what the, like Steiner's... Um... Okay, so yeah, so there's the ultimate weapon for Steiner, yeah. which is Excalibur 2. I have, just before I finished playing to record this, passed the game time of playtime amount where that weapon is available. So you have to reach a particular point on what would have been disc free um, in order to obtain Steiner's most powerful weapon, which is Excalibur 2. And you have to do that within, uh, I think it's like 12 hours or less in order to get wow. to a particular location. 
Um, it's doable, but it's incredibly difficult at the same time. And Can you just imagine kind of getting to that point and it just just clocks over 12 hours and then you're like, fuck it, I hate this game. First a skipping rope and now this. Yeah. I, I think the Sorry. location's the same location where um, uh, Hades exists. Um uh, he was also, I think, the game's. I can't remember if it's Hades. I think he's the game's most, like, powerful synthesis, like person you can make items by putting up the items together. Mm. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that that's me playing Final Fantasy Nine. I've mostly actually been playing it whilst exercising, um, because like I have an exercise bike, um, and it. And it's a game where obviously you don't have to have both hands on the controller a lot of the time. Because it's like, certainly if you get into a fight, you just need to be able to move things a little minimal amount. It's not something that, yeah. except for doing jump rope games, skipping games, you don't need is that all the uh, fake fighting and the uh, theatre placing. Hmm. You don't really need much accuracy in your movement. So, yeah, I'm just strengthening my core muscles whilst pedaling away on an exercise bike uh, at a high heart rate. Um, but it does remind me of, um, was it Final Fantasy Twelve, where they had, like, if you investigated too much and you opened certain chests or broke certain vases, then you're basically barred from getting the most powerful weapon in the game or something like that. That was something like that. But still not. That was, I think, that was in the guide. Yeah, um, but that's in the original. So that's in the original PS2 version of the game. The, I believe it's the international version and subsequent. Was it the, was it the Libra edition or whatever? Mm. Um, certainly the one that's available for digital download. Yeah, they removed that as a thing. Though because you might be able one, to... one of the producers walked into the room and just said, "Dude, what the fuck." <laughs> um, and then it got changed. Yeah, there was like a series of pots, which basically, if you searched them or broke them or something, that yeah, if you did that, you would never get the spear, this really, really powerful spear. So yeah, um, I, I don't like games like that where it penalizes you for doing what feels natural. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it, it's just you know. You, yeah. yeah, I was okay. just going to say, you know, the you know the run around, yeah. um, you know, explore as much as possible, but not there for yeah. reasons, and we're not mm. going to wonder about this. And it's just, well, thanks. Well, nine definitely wants you to explore and to find everything possible because there is a retroid. What you do? What? The. What about this then? Um, your 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 whole sound setup sounds like you've done a massive electronic fart. If you touch, I haven't done. I I haven't done a thing. I'm just sitting on the bed, um, looking at the screen. Interesting. I, am I back to normal now? You are back yeah, to normal yeah. Now. It's that was very weird. yeah. I'm going to do a pause and then go back to a point I wanted to make. Which was because I'm oh, going. What? What have I done? Uh, 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 it was. It was. Yeah, it's the hunter. Right. Pausing from now. Right, so what I'm trying to say is that Far Fantasy Nine actually encourages you to look for treasure and stuff because there is actually a, a treasure hunter rank thing that you can get. 
and your opening of chests and getting key items and stuff actually goes towards that rank. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Of course, that means that if you want to get everything, you would have to do the 10 or 1,000 jumps on the jump rope game. But presumably, then you wouldn't be able to get the, the, the whole Excalibur 2. That No, but that wouldn't, it, there must be a certain threshold. And I'm not sure if weapons count towards it so much. It's more finding the actual... In this instance, yeah. I am I am thinking, I just have a hacked save. <laughs> I mean, Unless pretty... a game you know really grabs me, I'm not going to be replaying it you know immediately. I can't remember if I had a cheat disc for nine at any point. I know I've had previously for eight yeah. and for ten. I can't remember back on the PS One. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I had like a cheat disc for those. I mean, I, it was only a case of like playing it when you know, once I'd kind of completed the game through and just basically yeah. being like, you know, oh, stick on cheats and whatnot, make it you know, really simple. Mind you, I mean, nine this re obviously this late sort of remake one that. It's mm. got already uh, part of it. Yeah, basically. I mean, to, isn't that also true of like Final Fantasy Eight remaster? Yeah, there's and like stuff some of well. stuff not quite as extreme, but you can certainly set it up so it's like no encounters or something. Yeah, without obviously just... having the non ability from Diablo Junction to you. I mean, yeah, that that's. Because I mean, because of the way that Final Fantasy VIII works with the uh, monsters leveling up with you, which is kind of a cool system if you think about it. Yeah. You know, because it means that you don't kind of go to a you know brand new thing after grinding over there and suddenly find that these enemies are really, really, really easy. Um, it's the no encounters means that you could basically just plow through most of the game and still be reasonably sure that you know you're not gonna kind of hit a wall where it's like oh there's this boss expects you to be level 60 and i'm level 30 because i've just been plowing through unfortunately nine doesn't do that it went back to the whole the things were at set levels Mm. at these set points there might be times where if you encounter the same monster in a different era it might be slightly different i mean it kind of feels like final fantasy has always been kind of experimenting with different like systems behind you know kind of the mechanics of like battle and whatnot um like say for example the materia system or the junctioning system um or you know even like the um uh what's fear grid in Mm -hmm. final fantasy 9 and stuff sorry oh yeah sorry 10 um, they've, they've always kind of been quite experimental and it kind of feels like, um, well, at least with Final Fantasy thirteen, they kind of <sighs> fell a bit short with their, you know, kind of battle systems. And I mean, 13 fell short by being like massively linear. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that that was like a design flaw that I think that they probably should have kind of seen coming kind of mile away. I mean, like 15 is tiny bit linear but but not by much at all in comparison but you've got that world map and stuff and you go around in the car and and shit but and there's certain things that slightly as you Mm. progress through the story become open to you i mean i've never i've not played final fantasy 15 myself but i've seen Mm. you play it kind of several times and kind of uh, you know um 
And there are certain things that I do quite like about it, like the fact that there's, you know, kind of massive time jumps and whatnot, where it's like this this epic thing has happened in the story, and now we're going to jump to like three years or five years later, where yeah. it's just like, oh, this this has had consequences, and it's, you know, yeah. it's not just I a mean, linear I think, kind of... I think I need to um, replay 15 and finish playing the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part hmm. 1 purely and this is going to be hilarious purely so that i can um go and read some fanfic by previous guest of ours do you remember sanity he was on the ah, okay special. yeah mm. got some really nice um sort of fanfic that's but I, I still feel a bit disappointed in the fact that final fantasy 15 was basically four guys in a car and the only regular woman that was on screen was basically yeah and it's just like i mean can can you can you not see how this looks yeah i'm and obviously like final fantasy 16 is gonna be basically a source of trust again is it yeah um i mean women are getting more and more into the games industry and becoming regular games players they, they have been for fucking years now uh, i feel like they, I, mean, I feel like they think they burned themselves at like 13 but it's like no all you gotta do and lightning it's like all you have to do is just go back to the previous style of game so you have a slight mix and also, it just kind of stereotypes this idea that you can't have male and um, um, well, you can't have men and women in the same group without there being some romantic bullshit going on. Also, here's yeah. an idea. Leave that to the fan figures. Yep. Here's an idea. Don't pilfer your own characters. Uh, just give them a tiny, tiny makeover. Like, say, for example, Lightning was pretty much Cloud in female form. Uh, was it uh, was it Sars? Was pretty much Barrett in a slimmer form. Snow was pretty much like Cipher in terms of style. Yeah. In a bulkier form, and it's just like this keeps on going on. It's like change it up, guys. I mean, it's for, it's tradition to like ha- like hijack some of the names between the games. Obviously, mm. like, there's almost a sin in everything. Yeah, you're being unfair on the developers here because you're asking them to effectively start a new page in their character notebook. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to. But I mean, like Cloud was vastly different to Squall, and even though they were both quiet, they were vastly different characters. With you know. And Zidane was very different. Yeah, Tidus or Tidus was very different from like Zidane and School, and you know. I think you'll find that it's pronounced tedious. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to keep my opinion of the character and in an answer to myself. But yeah, was it Vaughn from Final Fantasy Twelve? I mean, he was t- like a mix between Sedane and mm. somebody. I can't say. He's definitely. I definitely felt like same vibe. Yeah, Zidane stroke Tidus. Maybe a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, the, the the star, the star of that game was uh, was it um, Bartholomew or the, the guy that Belfia? Belfia. Belfia and yeah, Fran yeah. were my favorite characters yes. in the game. And I mean, Ash. Is it Ash? 
the, the, the royal member mem- of the royal family yeah. that you end up Battle princess. With. Yeah. So, protects and shit. Doesn't oh, man. I, mi- I miss the days of good Final Fantasy. I mean, is that a controversial statement? That, that could be the Super Famicom then. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, for me, it's just the way the battle system, the battle system is now. I think the mm. reason I ended up playing 15 in the end was because some of the story mm. uh, like intrigued me. I want to point out, just go back to the, oh, you know, like people just write fanfic of like the sort of Final Fantasy characters but if they don't get what mm. they want it's like but the amount of slash fanfic that is out there for 15 <laughs> it's pretty much all slash fanfic even though there's like it's, it's kind of inevitable isn't it it's mostly and I've seen fan art across my Twitter timeline and my like Tumblr dashboard just yeah I mean can, can I just say because we're so going on how tangent. did they pass all the, the time you know and in that car. But can I just say, in terms of like tangents and whatnot, I'm a little bit worried about Final Fantasy VII Remake because it's feeling um, like almost like it's too big of a game in the sense of like the development is taking so long that, uh, you know, we've already had like established that, you know, it was originally meant to be on like PS4. Uh, and now it's gone over to PS5 with the exclusive stuff with the Yuffie and whatnot. And you, you pretty much kind of just got out of Mid- Midgar Please. with the first episode. Yeah. And it's it's like, by the time they've created this brand new story that they're sticking in tons of stuff, and it you know it's great that they're sticking in tons of stuff, but it feels like maybe I should wait until like the PS7 mm. to get it and then finally play it all the way through. I mean, my all, I can, all I can say is you might get a PS5 by the time the PS7... <laughs> comes out. But my fear is that it ends up like Kingdom Hearts, where it's across like many different bloody consoles, and they don't bother remastering it forever. Oh yeah. That's anyway, a... anyway, this is enough for us. Still got to play Final, um, not Final Fantasy, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three. I've got it on the shelf over there. It was a birthday, uh, no, Christmas gift, uh, wasn't it? And it's it's like, oh, personally, I I haven't been playing many video games at all recently. I mean, I've still got like on the sat on the shelf there. There's um, what is it? Um, Need for Speed Hot Suit. And you've got the Switch. Skyward Sword. And remaster. yeah, I have I have the Skyward Sword remaster. They're still wrapped up, and I've been way too busy to basically do yeah, anything. Yeah, but then it's it. also being limited to play a game when you have... That is, that is true, that is true. I, I, I don't see, seem what to I'm, have What I'm hearing is, them. you know, Paul, calm down, Nintendo aren't that bad. <laughs> um, you, you don't have to keep going on about how, how everything they release is a rip-off and, you know, the games <laughs> are just, you know, remakes all over the time. You don't need to go on like that. You could just give them a break. Uh, sorry, I, sorry. I, I still feel like headspace to play video games more often than yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's because of what I've been doing recently. Um, well, you mean that D&D stuff where you got me to make a new character uh, this weekend? Yes, um, basically because uh, a couple of my um, work colleagues um, found out that I, you know, play D&D. And then DM. And that I, that, and that I DM. And uh, basically, that they were like, oh, you know, it's so like, you know, I, I'd be kind of interested in trying that at some point. You know, that'd be really cool. Um, it's like, are, are any of them critters? So, critters. Yeah, as in, you know, like critical role. 
No, no, no. Th these are people that are basically n generally not part of geekdom at all. Ah, and, and it's you, you, kind of, you, you, yeah. I ask because, of course, um, you know, Critical Role has got its own momentum. Oh yes, you know, yeah, on, yeah. On yeah. things, I'm, and, I'm and it's like, you know, yeah. that, that's yeah, that's been a big reason why a lot of people have suddenly went, hmm, maybe it's it's not what I always I thought, thought it was. Or knowing the profile of one of the people that's meant to be joining us to say they're not in Geekdom is a bit of an understatement. They're not in the Geekdom in the sense of you know, D &D. kind of general. No, in in the case of like you know, liking sci-fi, liking Marvel, liking. You know, this and that. I mean, because Emily is referring to one of my colleagues. Um, and who... you should name them without permission. Sorry? Don't name them. That... Said, but yeah. Okay. I mean, I wasn't going to, but okay. But they have um, previously um, said that they um, quite liked, um, say, quite liked, obviously, you know, kind of. Modestly, um, Supernatural and Hannibal, uh, two fandoms that Emily is very much engaged with. I so, haven't got that impression. <laughs> Why hasn't this come up before? <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so yeah, a couple of my work colleagues have you know been like, oh, I'd like to try that, you know. It'd be kind of cool to you know just at least give it a go type thing. So mm, I've kind mm. of set up um, yeah, basically a, a, a the start of a campaign, and I don't know whether it's gonna be like a case of them playing once and basically being like, "Yeah, it was fun," but you know, eh, it's not me. That yeah. that would be fine. Or they could turn around and be like, "That is awesome." When's the next session? In the meantime, I've made a. Uh, Sata, uh, bard, a bard, a bard. I'm playing a bard for the first time. Um, she's called L how are we pronounce Leah? it? Leah, Leah or Liar? Leah, Leah sounds better. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise yeah. it sounds like liar. Yeah, uh, called Leah. Um, and You're a liar. She has, she has a charisma score of twenty, um, which is insane. I mean, for a level one character, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically because you rolled really, 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 really well that one time. Um, and then so you put that six, was it 16? No, 18 um, in charisma because that is your spellcasting ability or spellcasting, you know. And then, uh, then you the fact that you're a Sata. Sata? Sata. Uh, basically means that you automatically get kind of a storage device. <laughs> uh, you basically get kind of an extra bonus to charisma um two yeah two bonuses to charisma so you're basically like you know you, you walk into a room and everybody's like who's that i can start pie and that's the thing i was one of the reasons why we're for satis because i was reading up the description for them and it was just like so they like parties more parties some more parties and if they and 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 then they okay, they like the joy in the little things the everyday they find they find nice things everywhere but but like they can just make a party happen i i, I was like that sounds really cool um it also means that i might be the person that tries to push us our, our, our uh, party away from having fights all the time well 
fights? I mean, between each other or...? Um... Against people <laughs> we meet in the world because those who know how sort of D&D games can kind of get, um, there's always the fear of... The, the group of murder hobos. Yes. Exactly, exactly. So basically yeah. it's, it's this kind of sense that the party can basically do anything and just solve any issue with just killing people. I'm going to kill them, and then I'm going to steal their things and wear their clothes. And this, I think, to a certain extent, this comes from the fact that the DM doesn't necessarily want to kill the party. And the party picks up on this. So no matter what happens, the party will go, you know what, um, let's off that person, let's off that person, let's off that person. Oh, you know what will help in this quest? If that person just vanishes. Mm-hmm. And the DM... Yeah may turn around and go, okay, well, because of it, this is a consequence of what happened there, so I'm going to throw a bigger monster at you. Um, but I'm, I'm going to... I'm just saying the monster it's, it's a good there. job that, uh, yeah, I'm not a DM. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to throw this monster at you, but I'm going to make sure that he doesn't kill anybody. Because then that will not be fun, because, you know, the player would be, you know, dead, in essence, yeah. after all the new character. Pay no attention to this uh, location that you've gone in because uh, one of your characters has just brushed away some dirt on the ground and there's a big ornate description called Killing Room. <laughs> and I mean, all the doors need... are now locked. What you do you you don't do? even need to be that subtle, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, just, no. Uh so it was cool going through that. What was nice, though, with obviously I had some help from me yesterday, sort of doing that. A little you. bit, yeah, yeah. Most of it was done by yourself, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, like, I've managed to build enough characters now that I kind of get it, how to do it. However, I still don't agree with the order that's suggested in the player's handbook. Mm. What order? Because when when I helped uh, create um, a character for the uh, one of the other players, um, I... I basically, rather than kind of going through all the books and whatnot and reading out the descriptions out loud, I basically just used D&D Beyond um, because that kind of went through it fairly sequentially um, and in order, and I could basically just only um, kind of say aloud what was even vaguely interesting for the uh, the player. Mm. Uh, so in that respect, um, I think it was at first. I think it was... Um, race first then class um then it was uh might have been ability scores then after the class uh then it was um background yeah then is it background yes it was background and then it was um equipment and gold and stuff so how 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 does it describe it in in the, book. The, in the book, it just feels like it wants you to go on order, but actually there's a whole bunch of stuff that you want to do almost mm. simultaneously because they affect ability scores and skill proficiency. Yeah. So, I mean, say, for example, uh, when you're building a character in D&D and you're going by the books, um, obviously there's race, uh, which does affect, uh, you know, general skills and, you know, kind of uh, stuff like that. Um, there's the class, which is obviously the type of person that you want to play as in terms of functionality. 
Um, then there's stuff like backgrounds and whatnot, which will, you know, kind of um, favor certain things um, like proficiencies in this or that and instead. And, yeah, exactly. And basically, yeah, in general, in D&D, you kind of want things to align to a certain extent. You know, so say, for example, if you're paying, playing a stealthy character, you're going to want a high dex. Mm-hmm. Now, you could have, you know, sort uh, like a, um, a pl- uh, character that is, you know, not particularly dexterous, that, you know, maybe favors strength as uh, as a race, um, which is fine. You can you can play it like that, um, which is really great to actually see uh, playing it against type. Um but it may not necessarily be as, you know, yeah. uh, high in decks as, say, for example, an elf. Um, I just wanted to read off my, um, my attribute scores. So the satyr has got, Leah has got 12 strength, 17 in dexterity, 14 in constitution, 13 in intelligence, 14 in wisdom, and 20 in charisma, as we've said. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that uh, I was also drawn to, aside from the party party, um, they've got uh, satyrs are actually classed as fae rather than humanoids. Um, and they also naturally have horns that they can use for attacking. Yep. As a non-armed attack. And they they also, uh, because they have fae ancestry, they also um, have, um, what was it? They have it's not, it's not mag- resistance, it's, it's but magic it's magic resistance. Yeah. So you get advantage um, on saving throws for magic effects, and you also can't be put to sleep through magical means. That isn't explicitly said, but the thing is, is that most of the I'm sleep pretty sure spells it is. you. It's not on that, but the most sleep okay. spells don't affect fate. <laughs> From what I remember, I mean to be fair. It's uh, with, with when it comes to the spell, which is sleep. It's based upon your hit points anyway. So, yeah, D and D is basically quite a complicated system that you'll kind of eventually kind of get used to. It doesn't. They're not. It doesn't say that it's there explicitly. You need to sleep. Half elves are immune to magical sleep. So, um, and elves. Are we assuming that because both all three then are therefore from Fey descent that they would be? So, um, let's see. Da, da, da. <laughs> on his phone. Dun, da, da. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I did not so. use D and D beyond uh, beyond just checking what the actual current race list was because I was like I. I knew I wanted to not do one of the um, races in the core player's handbook because um, that's what I normally play as anyway. Um, so, yeah, I almost, almost thought about being a centaur. Um, but then I was like, nah, have to. But go. you didn't want to be complete the jug. The centre of attention. Yeah. Um, so, Fey ancestry. 
under under the uh, elves at least. So, Fae Ancestry, you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed, and magic can't put you to sleep. Yeah, that's just a trait for elves, so it's not something that satyrs have got. Uh, well, I mean, it's 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 a trait much the si- uh, much the same as uh, dark vision is a trait. So, I'd say that any anything with Fae Ancestry would have that. But. Yeah, but the, the this is what happens in D and D. You argue over the rules. But, but, but so, so <laughs> the Satan doesn't explicitly have the trait fate ancestry. They, oh, it doesn't. Though their type, as in like as a being, is classified as a fae ah, rather right. than a humanoid. They also have a running speed of thirty-five feet, unlike humans with their measly thirty. Well, I say humans, everybody else. Um, unless you're a monk, in which case, if you're unarmed, then you get an extra ten feet. I think. I mean, monks, monks. I mean, like they're meant to end up, like, you know, like ideally, like you, like it don't. It takes a couple of levels. Was it like level five of a monk or something? It's just like suddenly it's like freaking Bruce Lee. Um, levels of. To be fair, I mean, if you're referring to Shathid yes. uh, there, then yes. then that's probably more like level three. To be fair, <laughs> okay. Bruce Lee at level three. All right. um, but yes. Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, because. The thing about D&D is that there's a lot of stuff that kind of affects other stuff. So, I mean, if you, if you think of like um, almost like a circuit and there's kind of wires coming out um, to like different paths and whatnot, it's it's kind of like that where it's all kind of, you know, a lot of different stuff affecting other different stuff that will affect the total, cal- total calculation. Yeah, it's all a lot of layers. Exactly, exactly. I don't yes. Uh, I was going to say, I forgot to say, yeah. I went to see the new Candyman at the weekend. Um, so for those of you who don't know, this is not a remake. This is what... Which one, is good. With, this is what one might call a, a... You could call it a sequel to Soft Reboot, basically. Um, and it is... Oh my god, it's amazing. So I saw a trailer for it. I can't remember when I first saw a trailer for it. It might have been earlier this year. And I was like, I've got to see this. But I hadn't actually seen the original Candyman at that point. All right. Uh, I knew very much of it and like um, some of the key elements from it on account of the fact that when I was in primary school, a bunch of girls, uh, when I was in, it would have been like year four or five. So I would have been like eight or nine years old at the time. Right. And they were the same age as me. Some idiot parent allowed a bunch of girls from my primary school to watch the original Candyman. <laughs> and of course, they would then, at break times or whatever, all go into the toilets and try to summon said being with the light darkened or whatever and looking in the mirror and all that and you'd hear them or something like whilst trying to go down to the playground because the way to the the playground was past the toilets and it was just like fuck's sake Um, it wasn't until I was a little bit older so like maybe 11 that I realised that it was for that film Um, but yeah I didn't watch the original film then until it was last month I want to say maybe the month before Um, yeah and uh, I'm so glad I did. So, okay, basically, if you've not seen the original Candyman, go watch it. It is like this, the, like Candyman is, you've got the, the main name that sticks out to me because 
he's one of the most well known is that um you've got Jordan Peele there as a one of the co-writers and one of the um producers the film that's that's pretty much all you need to say yeah um the director's near somebody um who also helped co-write the script there was a couple other people um but yeah you need to watch your so it's like the, the way the film works or the two films together is a lot like um the original halloween and the 2018 halloween or the original Friday the 13th and the Friday the 13th from, was it 2009 or something that's got Jared Padalecki mm. in it? Um, it is this kind of like, um, it ties back to the original and kind of starts a new kind of era, basically. Yeah. Um, and it did it, it does it really, really well. Um, obviously, I do not want to spoil it because this film's just out. Um, I think if you like your horror um, and you like a bit of mystery um, and you like freaking weird ass shit, you should definitely go see the Candyman. And also, actually, commentary on uh, race in the in the uh, in the uh, sort of frame of a of a horror movie. Definitely, definitely go see this. It, it's this is sounding very interesting. It's fantastic. Um, I've, was, I've seen Candyman, the original, but a long time ago. Because what, what was it, 90s? It was early yeah, 90s it was or something? Yeah, like 92, 93. Yeah. Maybe. No, later than 95. Um, but, yeah. It was it was good. Um, go watch it. Um, so that's, that's my... Uh, just before I play it out there. But like I said, you, you, you get more, you can watch it without having seen the original, but you get more from it if you've seen yeah. the original film. A lot more. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that, that was me on that particular front. I have a feeling I'm going to have to rewatch the original and then watch this well, new version. If you have access to Netflix at the moment, if I watched it a month ago and it was on Netflix, but you see i'll have to wait until i can see the you know this new one oh yeah pretty much the same time because i'll I'll be wanting to watch them you know one night and then the next night oh that's fair but anyway everybody else like if you want to check out i think candy man's on netflix at the moment in the uk um so yeah uh, Retroid, what, you been, what have you been up to, aside from apparently pre-recording uh, uh, for this episode, uh, using up all your data allowance? <laughs> Ooh. Well, yeah, uh, there was a whole thing with, um, well, I mentioned last time, didn't I, that uh, we'd moved to Dundee from Carlisle. Yes, you had so, mentioned that. Yeah, that, that's fun. Part of that was um, getting... Uh, the Virgin package cancelled for my mother and uh, getting a new one put in. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into the whole nightmare of getting that sorted. But uh, she's lost the phone number that she's had for the last 40-odd years. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because... uh, I was going to say, it's kind of interesting because, uh, obviously, with mobile 
phones now that you don't have that issue because you know you usually have a pop code which can transfer a number directly from one provider to another. So yeah, well with, with this, what happened because we were um, because she can't really you know do all this you know technical mm. stuff of uh, you know getting the package and setting it up. We were doing it remotely, um, but they would keep screwing up. They would keep throwing a spanner in the works. This is now TV. Mm. Um, and, you know, saying, oh, we can't do it. And then, of course, we're phoning and saying, well, why can't you do it? Well, we can't tell you because you're not the account holder. Ah. And, yeah, so, you know, trying to, you know, explaining to someone on the phone that it's like, no, I can't get my mother on the phone because she's 150 miles away. And also, part of the reason I can't get her on the phone is that she doesn't have a phone line, which is also part of the reason why I'm on the phone to them to get a phone line put in. Yeah. Is it, can you see the issue here? I mean, technically, yeah. is it um, still your mom that pays the bills or is it uh, yourself? Oh, yeah. Well, we have had to put it um, several things in our name just so we will actually be able to, you know, yeah. get get it through and get it managed from where we are. So after a while, what I'm going to be doing is I'll go down uh, with her and, you know, go to the bank and such and anything that needs to be changed in person, do that. But, yeah, it's it's just been a bit of a nightmare. But because they kept uh, coming up with issues... And delaying. Uh, there was too much of a delay between uh, the Virgin service being knocked on the head and now TV um, you know, reactivating the line. So the, yeah. the phone number just disappeared into a puff of smoke. Ah. And yeah, all the delays were them. Yeah. So that, that was fun. But yeah, um, so I spent the last week down in uh, Carlisle with no internet connection and burning through my data. Um, but I fetched a few bits of tech back up with me. I've got my Super Famicom. Um, I've got uh, my com- one of my Commodore 64s. Um, I've got my uh, fancy Dan oscilloscope up here. So I'm, you know, I'm moving things. I'm, I, I'm part of a consequence of that, you know, with not having any of the electronics up here to do the electronics. Hmm. I've been playing far more gamers. And, of course, one of the big releases uh, of the last few weeks was um, the day one release on Game Pass of Psychonauts 2, which I was very excited about. How are you finding it? Um, I am enjoying it immensely. It's one of the few games where... The original Psychonauts was a strange uh, platform, puzzler, collect-em-up, weird thing um released on pc um and the original xbox was it um Mm. i'm thinking about another game so i thought it was on playstation i it may have come out on ps2 as well i'm not sure but i picked it up on uh the original xbox uh subsequently got it on you know pc because you know these things you know keep coming up with you know cheapy deals are included in a bundle or you know whatever um but yeah i'd long hoped that there would be a psychonauts 2 
And this has come along, and of course, being on Game Pass, it's like, well, I'll pre-install that, and I could play it from day one. So, you know, very nice deal. And it's one of those few where they seem to have taken all the ideas that they had with the original that maybe the you know they wanted to expand upon, or they weren't that happy with how they, exactly they were doing it, mm-hmm. and just made them better. It's just it's it's not a pale imitation of the original. I think it's better than the original. Um, and they've they've managed to make it so that the the original had a very strange art style, where it was based on um, someone's artwork, and all the characters are you know odd looking. Mm. And, you know, they made them 3D. And then with this, what they've done is that they've kept exactly the same look, but now they look almost like their models or their bit of material. Mm. Okay. And, it, it, yeah, it's it's just, it's a very nice upgrade. And it's very subtle, but with the original being on backwards compatibility and, of course, because Double Fine got bought by Microsoft, which is, you know, the reason why this was on Game Pass. Um, The original, um, I installed it and I've had a, you know, quick fiddle about with it. And first of all, it's nice to be able to play, you know, the three generations of Xbox games on, you know, on one box. Hmm. And also, um, it puts it in high definition for the original game. So it doesn't do anything with the textures or the you know the FMV, but when you're running around, it's you know 30 frames per second locked, um, you know 1080p. Nice. And yeah, it it looks nice. But uh, I just completed a trip, a psychedelic trip into one brain's memories in Psychonauts Two, and it's like oh blimey, it's yeah, it's the trip out sixties mm. in, in in a game in in a platform game, and it, it was just very imaginative and very much enjoyable because you had to get the band back together because it was a brain that had been in isolation and they had no sense of self, so you had to go and get the you know the visual aspect, and then you get the you know the audio aspect. And you know the touch aspect, and Doctor Sniffles, who's you know the sense of smell. So you know you get all these things together, and then you just have to you sort of kind of you know reassemble this self. And it's mm. it's just it's very imaginative, a lot of fun. The gameplay mechanics work really well. It's not frustrating, and so far it's just wow. I. I hadn't quite realized how much I miss these kinds of games. Hmm. Because let's see, it must be, yeah, it must be about 15 odd years between Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2. And and what's nice is that the sequel takes place maybe about three days after the first one. <laughs> wow, okay. So, so you get little references uh, when... Raz, the main character, goes back to, um, is it Whispering Creek or something like that? 
but you know the well the the campground from the original where most of that takes place and he's just standing there in this dream version of it and he's go wow i haven't been here in days <laughs> and i don't know if you've experienced this when you've been playing a game and there have been voice actors who have somehow in the space of a year or two or you know a game or two managed to completely lose the character that they were portraying in the first one um hmm. i think it, it's something i've that. observed it uh well what was it uh i think it was dragon age 2 where you play hawk and there's some DLC for Inquisition. I may be you remembering this wrong. Um, where Hawk returns. And it's the same voice actor. But they've lost the you know, the voice performance. It's just, you know, they don't sound like the character. They're not putting on the, you know, the accent or the emphasis or you know, little things like that, where it's just, well, I know you're the same person, but you've somehow managed to forget how to do your character. <laughs> but well, I've, 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 I've not um, experienced that personally, but I mean... I haven't played Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, you haven't? No. Ah, okay. Yeah. Fair. But yeah, in, in, in Psychonauts 2, with this big gap, um, all the characters more or less sound exactly the same. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and it's just... Yeah, continuity. So you get these uh, little asides about, you know, the passage of time and, you know, things like that. And you say, well, that, you know, that would be silly. So, I mean, because, like, you know, it, it, seems, it seems like such a long time, but that's silly. So, I mean, in 30 years' time, you can, you can go back and um, play Psychonauts 1 and 2. And if the characters actually genuinely seem like they're, you know, mere days apart, that's yeah. very much a good thing if it's, you know... I, yeah. I, have a, I have a theory where the Hulk voice wasn't working for Dragon Age Inquisition DLC, if that's the case of what you're saying. I have mm. a theory. The theory is that they couldn't be bothered to bankroll having the voice actor have time to get back into character. Now, you see, that is quite possible. Mm. Um, and that's how they ended up that they probably would have been quite capable of doing it but unless somebody's paying for that time um you know that's not gonna happen i mean I think that's the thing think- because a lot of sequels nowadays they they do generally tend to happen either in fairly quick succession or they don't happen at all yeah a few years if that really you know for most isn't it I think it also depends just how much they, yeah, you know, how rushed they are and um, how much the actor cares about the, you know, the original role. That can all, you know, play a massive part. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, you understand it, especially for a lot of voice actors where you'll be churning out voice roles on a weekly basis. Where, you know, if you can just do them, you know, you know, bap, 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 you're, that's it, it's gone. And mm. you know, you don't really remember what you were doing with that character, or you know what the motivations, or what you you decided to go with, or whether it was just I'll read these lines out because I think this character might have this kind of accent, so I'll do that. And then, of course, you come back to it another time, and you know that thought doesn't occur. 
I think to a certain extent, it's also the motivation of the actors because, I mean, if you think about it, there's there's some actors that will kind of land iconic roles and basically just be part of that fandom um, and community um, and that they really love the fact that the fans kind of uh, respond to them. And like Star Trek, for example, you know, there's a lot yeah. of um, the actors that will kind of basically realise that they've been part of this massively historic and epic story um and yeah. you know just really absolutely revel in it and love the fact that they've got this kind of cult following and then there's other actors in uh star trek that you'll you won't see um that happen with um yeah you know and it, it's like uh, you know kind of fair enough if they want to you know kind of uh, think of star trek as this weird geek thing over there and they they've got a serious career going on in, over here or even if they basically just decide to like oh don't really like acting anymore i just want to do my own stuff that's that, you know that's fair enough but it's it's like there are people out there that's like you know no i really want to play my character again because the fan base kind of kind of want it yeah and not just because it's a well it's another job isn't it exactly exactly i i want to yeah, it, i want to uh you know kind of um follow this character down to you know down the road even further you know potentially to you know the character's death or whatever but yeah yeah there, there's there's a lot you can you know play with exactly and there yeah, and yeah, I. But it's it, it's just it's striking with Psychonauts too how they have managed to um, capture not only the essence of the original, but I think the ideas that they were wanting to do with the original. But maybe they mm. either didn't have the time or the money, or it, you know, one reason or another, they just couldn't just because they thought, well, yeah, I mean, you know, we, lot- we'll leave that for later. Yeah, a lot of the time it was kind of down to hardware at that at that time. Nowadays, it's it's like hardware isn't usually an issue, really. It's more down yeah, to you yeah. know kind of creative um, you know stuff or to do with uh, the publisher wanting to you know kind of get the project out the door and at this time frame or whatnot. Yeah. So, which is a bit but, sad in certain respects, but then again, it's it, I suppose it it's kind it's, of mirrored in you know Hollywood as well where the technology wasn't always there but then it kind of progressed and got cheaper and whatnot and now you know the execs basically just want the the finished product to be kind of out there and making money as soon as possible yeah regardless of its quality so hashtag capitalism yeah (laughs) but um yeah so i'm I, i genuinely don't know how far through I am maybe maybe the halfway mark, but really enjoying it. And as as I saw um, someone else comment on uh, Twitter, it's really nice to play a quality platformer which isn't a Nintendo game. Is is that a positive about Nintendo, or is that like well, a I, negative about? I think else? it's just. I think it's generally a negative about the rest of the industry. Hmm. Because there are certain developers that know that they like, you know, doing certain types of game, and there are other ones that are, well, you know, we'll, you know, we'll do what's profitable because, you know, we'll, you know, Mario's an FPS now. Shoot and McShootery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. Or um, Mario, the collectible card game. Mm. 
<laughs> but you know, it it it's it's that kind of let let's let's just you know follow whatever it is that we think will sell instead of doing whatever we want. Yeah, to do. But um, yeah, so I've been playing uh, Psychonauts two. I've also um got to Bioshock Infinite in my uh, replay of the series. Um, I've only just start. I haven't even got to the lottery. Um, in in a Bioshock Infinite, I just started playing it, and then I just got distracted by you know shiny psychonauts. <laughs> but of course, I've, I've played the Bioshocks before, so yeah. that's that's not an issue. It's I'm not going to lose where I am. No, no. It, I, mean, I will go back to it and I will finish it again. I mean, to be honest, I've I've got like Bioshock uh, collection on Nintendo Switch, and I haven't actually played that one either. Um, mm. And it's it's like because I I played through I think at least a good chunk, if not all, of the first game um, on the uh, Xbox 360. Um, yeah, but it's 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 literally kind of finding the time at the moment because. I think the only way that I'll ever get round to it um, feels like it's going to be like another pandemic, but this time somehow without internet. Then, then I'll get a chance. <laughs> you know, and, um, and then it, it'll come up saying you need to connect to the to the internet to authenticate this. <laughs> it's like no. I do wonder what my experience of playing Bioshock Two would be like these days. Oh, why is that? Oh, because I wrote, I got paid to write guy for it years mm. ago, um, and it, yeah, like I, pro- I've probably def, I bet mm. all my stuff that I learned to do that has just drifted out of my head. I mean, it's not just that, but I mean, when you're actually paid to go through a game, you don't experience it in the same way that, um, you know, if you've bought it and actually genu- genuinely want to play it. Well, yeah, I'm thinking more like learning tactics and stuff. Oh, I right. did replay it after, not long afterwards, where I wasn't. Guide. Okay. I enjoyed it. So yeah, just to um, just enjoy it. I, yeah. I, I think it definitely holds up now and it's worth a replay. I mean in, I th- in some ways I prefer it to the original Bioshock. Mm. But I mean I know um what was it Bioshock Infinite because of obviously the vastly different setting and you know the amazing story because I've seen Emily play bits and dabs of it, um including <laughs> some of the towards the end and it's like ooh this seems like a game that would be absolutely awesome for me to play sometime and then I just haven't found I the time have, uh, I wrote in there was it 2013 I do have an essay on my oft neglected blog that is do you want to plug your blog uh, well if people want to read updates that are incredibly uh, old uh, infrequent. <laughs> uh, when was your last update? During NaNoWriMo. Uh, if anyone who somehow was reading that um, and was like, oh, like, um, what happened with that? I did complete NaNoWriMo. Um, uh, and I basically uh, <laughs> uh, like I hated what I wrote last year for Nanny Remake. I might take part again this year and I've never written completely What was it that you wrote? It was a horror story. Okay. I didn't like it. Um, it was underdeveloped and I, it wasn't something I felt like I could like make better through editing. So At this point, you could probably still sell it to Hollywood and produce it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
just just pick a horror movie franchise and put three at the end. <laughs> yeah. Or it, 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 it could be improved by rewriting or replacing all the words. That kind of feeling where it, you're just looking at something and going, this needs to burn down. Um. Mind you, I look at politics like that, but never mind. <clears throat> <laughs> I have just found it. Yeah, I wrote an article on the posted an article on the twentieth of April, twenty thirteen, called "In Search of Columbia: To Our Legal Bioshock Infinite." Uh, uh, it wasn't a review. It was something else. It was more like an essay. So, I, I did you hate the ending or something? I, uh, I can't remember exactly. Oh, of course, this was before, um, I think they had a DLC. Yeah, it was before the DLC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't like Elizabeth was one of the issues, I think. What, as a, an entire character or just at the end? Uh, as an entire character. Hmm. Um, it does make me wonder, though, because obviously that is, you know, kind of on the internet for everybody to see. And it'll be interesting to kind of see you kind of go back and, you know, see whether you still have the same opinion. Because I, I remember um, when we did Hex Dimension many years ago, and there was that whole kind of second time round kind of review type thing. Because, you know, when you when you watch or play something the first time through, you're not going to be in the same headspace that you are like the second time round. And you may actually enjoy it more the second time round. You may think it's, you know, actually not as bad as you thought, and it's actually kind of cool. Uh, conversely, you may find that what would the what the hell was I thinking? Uh, this is terrible, and I sometimes yeah yeah. <laughs> I basically um, uh, what was it? It was um, I really didn't like their approach to multiverse alternate reality plot. I said it was a crutch. Apparently. Okay. Hmm. So well, I mean, it's it's, it's I, very. I, I, I thought it was um you know the whole thing was an escort mission, but you're the one being escorted. <laughs> that's that's actually a pretty good shout to be honest. I mean, it's it's to be honest, uh, multiverses are kind of in at the moment, aren't they? Really? Hmm. Um, yeah. Marvel. There's something else as well. I'm pretty sure that we watched that that was like a multiverse type thing recently. But I can't oh, maybe exactly. it was another you that watched it. It's very possible. Another me in another <laughs> universe with a completely different multiverse. I'm just checking the links at the end. So and presumably not things. Rick and Morty. Okay. So that link doesn't work anymore. Oh, well, there used to be an Oh No Video Games episode uh, that talked about Bioshock Infinite. I don't know what happened to it now. Oh. Anyway. I might replay yeah. it some. Someday. I mean, to be I, fair... You I, I probably, think it's worth it. Um, is it. Actually, because I think it was... Was it all three that was on the cartridge, or was it like um, uh, like a couple that were on... I do. So I, I know that so I have opened physically up the box of Bioshock, the collection for Nintendo Switch. 
but I can't remember whether like one or more of the games was a digital download code, and then like the first one was on the. I do really. I I really I can't remember. Need to have to check. Yeah, I, I I do remember that in at least one of the DLCs, you play as Elizabeth. For infinite. Okay, I mean, is that like Elizabeth um, as she's playing through the game in like one of the bits where she kind of blips off somewhere and then comes back, or is that uh, like no? This, um, well, how how much do you know about the ending? Um, I. To be honest, I'm going to say that um, basically uh, it's been out long enough for us to have spoilers on the air now. So if if you haven't played it, switch off now and kind of come back later. But I do remember, um, was it Booker being basically the same person as, um, oh, Comstock. uh, Comstock, that's the one. Uh, Comstock, uh, just that he basically chose a different path when he got baptized. Um, yes. And that those kind of different alternate versions of Elizabeth. Mm. And that the it's reason nothing. that um, she had the pinky gone was basically cut off because of a portal that yes. Booker was taking her through after he was hired by come stop was that right yes okay because uh, there's there's a lot of monkeying around thanks to the um shifting around and in the portals through the universe and alternate dimensions and time it does kind of remind me ever so slightly of what is it that one film that we watched for date night a couple of months back where it was basically one guy that was chasing a terrorist that turned out to be himself but then recruited um a past version of himself that was um like a a trans person um who happened to be like and fell in love with himself and uh, i can't remember what it was called oh, it but it was like ethan hawk yeah was, uh, it was based off a heinlein heinlein yeah yeah um or short story or whatever and it was dubious as fuck and it's just like the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that that is the review yeah that is the review if, if there was a two word two Which, word review yeah, that, for that, can, film, that can be fair. it's the fuck yeah but um when it comes to the DLCs in um, Bioshock Infinite, they are they're based on the Elizabeths of the multiverse. They okay. have come to the conclusion that the Booker slash Comstock is dangerous because you know across a lot of the universes he's managed to fuck things up Fair. and. Yeah, um, Bioshock Infinite is just one example. So um, she's more or less going around, or you know, one version of her, or maybe multiple versions. It, it's mm. never—I I don't think—explicitly said. Um, hunting down the bookers that are in you know other dimensions or other times ah, before they uh, and yeah, yeah, because they're they're too dangerous, and because. Uh, by the end of Infinite, she can work out. You know, she can feel the multiverse. Uh, I mean, she I... she can you know say, well, you know, this this 
this person is too dangerous. It doesn't matter where, where, when, or who they are. This person is too dangerous. But, but I mean, in in terms of kind of multiverse lore and whatnot, because you know timelines split off because of you know kind of decisions and whatnot. Would yeah. her making a decision to basically kill off one Comstock or one Booker basically split off that into one version of that reality where she kills him and the other version of reality where he survives somehow therefore not actually uh, you know basically sorting out the problem it's basically the equivalent of turning around and going you're a dangerous hydra i'm gonna cut off your head so that you can't kill anybody else cut off your head two more come up fuck Say, well, shit, that, that wasn't planned. <laughs> Didn't think that one through. No, no, no. But, but, but yeah, um, I think it's um, part of the idea that she can um, escape because she's always going to be intertwined. You know, all the versions oh, right. of her are always intertwined with, you know, Comstock slash Booker. Almost like a and, some sort of weird destiny type thing um within the multiverse yeah as well as as she says in as part of the end sequence in uh infinite there's Mm. always a girl there's always a lighthouse it's just you know there across infinite universes there are lynch points and comstock booker and rapture are among them and that's why the DLCs in Infinite take place in a pre-fall rapture, which is one of the reasons I, you know, I really liked the DLCs in, you know, in Infinite. So presumably that means that Booker and Elizabeth were somehow connected to Rapture, because there's I never a, got that connection. A, there's a lot. Well, do you remember the bit right at the end where? Um, she transports them to somewhere which is obviously Rapture because she's trying to get away from Songbird and, you know, she just sort of, you know, transports them, you know, all three, so her, Booker, and Songbird Mm. and, you know, just sort of looking out this window that you see in, you know, the first two Bioshocks and, of course, Songbird is suddenly underwater and gets crushed. I remember that, yeah. There's a, a lot which is in the environmental storytelling. There are rooms that you go through mm. where there are charts and and stuff where you can see there is a very, very, very clear link between the technology in uh, Rapture mm. and the technology in... Um, oh. What's the name of the team? Oh, 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 that's going to bug me. So it's not like Atlantis, it's... No, it's... Begins with C. Oh, God damn it. Damn you. But yeah, basically, the the flying city in uh, Bioshock Infinite. Columbia. There is Columbia. Columbia, thank you. Yes, I knew it was... I knew it began with C, and I knew it was a name of a district. But, yeah... (laughs) So that you know, well, as as shown when you're playing through Infinite, because it's got various things like uh, the um, industrialist who's stealing, he's doing an, an Edison, and he's okay. stealing uh, technology and music mm. from the future and packaging up and saying, "Well, here it is, and I'm making money from this." 
So there, there is a, a very explicit crossover between mm. Rapture and Columbia. And it, it's never, you know, there isn't a character that sits down and says it, but you go through, you know, parts of it when you're going through these DLCs. And it does, you know, pretty much spell it out that uh, one couldn't exist without the other. And that's mm. part of the reason why Elizabeth is, you know, is going around killing. Ah, okay. Because it, it's like, you know, these, you know, these are, these are things that are fucked up because of the, you know, because of Comstock Booker. So mm. we, we, you know, we have to go fix the multiverse because it's all screwed because of, of him. But okay. anyway, yes. So, um, also been watching a series on Netflix. Uh, we've completed the first season. It's called Invisible City. Interesting. And, um, if I say grim, would you know what I mean? Um, so I mean, what, when it comes to like something like Invisible City, I'm thinking mm. something uh, the equivalent of like Dark City. No, is it Dark City? Yeah, it was Dark City. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it's more figurative. Okay. Um, it's it basically if you think of Grim or mm-hmm. Buffy. Or you know various things like this, right? Okay, um, or, like a supernaturally type. Um, yes, um, okay. it it starts off with um, a woman who is um, attending a you know a party in this um, you know very small village in you know the forest in Brazil, and you know she's there with her daughter, and you know they're all celebrating because they think they've managed to you know save the future of this little village from you know product you know property development. Okay. And then there's a fire, and her daughter has disappeared, and she goes into the forest to find her daughter. And uh, yeah, the mother dies, and uh, the father is obviously you know distraught about this because you know even though the daughter turns up you know very quickly you know shortly afterwards, he's lost his wife. Hmm. He works for the uh, Brazilian Environmental Protection Agency equivalent. Okay. Uh, and he's trying to investigate it because he's convinced that there's something weird going on. And it turns out that there are um, several of the people involved are they're not quite human. They're based on uh, Brazilian and uh, local folklore. Okay. So there's a body that um, washes up, and it turns out that he's a uh, pink river dolphin. Pink but, river dolphin. Well, yeah, in in Brazil they they have a river dolphin which is bright pink. It's quite you know it's quite rare. Ah, okay. But um, you know I've, I have seen pictures. It it looks weird. It looks a little bit. You know, it's got a much bigger, sort of um, bigger, longer mouth than. You know what you would you know consider a classical dolphin. Mm. Okay, but um, you know a a river dolphin washes up on the beach, and you know they're all well. This this is weird because for a start, this is the beach. This is salt water. Mm. You know these are you know fresh water because they're you know river dolphins. Yeah. So um, he lock he he takes the you know the body of this dolphin, puts it in the back of his van, and then unopen. You know, opens the um, you know the van up, and it's suddenly a naked man. Later on, and he's what the hell is going on? And he's convinced that there's something you know strange going on in this village. And yeah, there are there are things going on. 
So it's it's based on you know, as I said, you know, Brazilian folklore, so which is always always refreshing when you have different stuff. Mm. So it's not always going to be oh they're a werewolf or they're a vampire or you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, you have these. It's like one's a moth. Which is an interesting effect because the you know the round markings on the eyes you know on you know on the you know what they call the eyes and the wings hmm. um, when this character changes you can see that become their eyes and it's questionable about how old some of them are you know that kind of thing so you've got this investigation going on and his boss going what well, you know what. What the hell are you doing? This isn't our, you know, you're an environmental officer. You know, just let the, you know, the cops investigate this. And there's more and more that gets introduced. So when I say grim, that was just as a, you know, frame of reference, as in a, you've got someone investigating things, but there's weird supernatural shit. Ah, that's that's kind of hiding, hiding in plain sight. But the difference is, this isn't crap. <laughs> okay. So, so that. You know, that's good. Um, go watch it. Also, if you haven't already, um, go watch uh, Diablero, which is also on Netflix, and that's kind of a Mexican uh, you know, series which is along sort of similar lines where there are um, supernatural things living in Mexico City and the you know, immediate era, mm. and there are people who are fighting them, and they're doing it on... Yeah, they don't have government help. I mean, <laughs> so I'm, they're kind I'm of fucked sure, up by it all. I'm pretty sure you've uh, mentioned that before, actually. Uh, I I have, but like, you haven't gone and watched it, have you? <laughs> we've we've, which is I why mean, I mentioned it again. We've been quite busy, I have to say. I I I'm not accepting that. <laughs> well, guys, I think we need to wrap it up. Yeah, before Emily actually falls yeah. asleep. Um, um, and, and then I, I will, I will just very quickly say uh, we watched Awake, which was a film where something weird happens and uh, no one can sleep apart from only one or two people, one of them being a little girl. So you have the entire world trying to um, function on zero sleep, and things quickly go south. I'm pretty sure there's a Star Trek episode based on that. It sounds like the opposite of Stephen King and Owen King's uh, Sleeping Beauties. Yeah. So, but um, that's that's not a bad film. Um, and then um, we also watched the reboot in Masters of the Universe because ah, okay. we we had heard that the Dude Bros were getting angry about it, so we thought, oh, that sounds good. Was it good? Um, it didn't go in the direction I thought. It's it's like the first episode you watch. It's basically what you would expect a continuation of Masters of the Universe to be, you know, with He Man and Skeletor and and such. And then things go bad at the end of that episode, and that's what the rest of the series is you know is based on. So it's like, okay, I see what you did there. Because if you only sent out the first episode to all the dude reviewers, they'll have been going, oh, and like that Shira, this is you know a you know, a straight continuation of the, you know, the beloved kids cartoon series, which was actually a bit crap at the time. But, you know, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, what what would happen if, um, you know, one of these diabolical plots by Skeletor actually sort of pulls off? 
an in fact yeah so you know you 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 basically set off a bomb in you know castle grayskull and it takes out skeletor and he-man i mean in 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 terms of this because i heard was it um kevin smith was somehow involved yes yeah yeah so it was like i don't know about this because all the stuff i'd seen you know because i love the she-ra reboot Mm. um and you know, with this one, it's like all the stuff that you were seeing. It was you know He Man and Skeletor and you know blah blah blah. And it's, I'm really not sure about where they're going with this, but yeah, it turns out that when the big bad and you know the the big good guy, you know, kind of disappear, hmm. um, there are really fractured um, loyalties. And all the characters that are just you know kind of there in the background go off in weird ways. Mm. Okay. That is all we've got time for for this week. So, <laughs> Emily's put a foot down. Okay, so it is good night from. It's good night from me, Paul Wood. I'm Retroid on Eurogamer.net and Super Retroid on Twitter. It's good night from me, Paul Blute, and I'm on Twitter's at Paul Blute. And it's good night for me, Emily King. I'm on Twitter at emkingma. You can find notes for this episode over at www.nerdsemble.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerds Podcast. We're also on Facebook as Nerds Assemble Podcast. Episodes are now also available on Amazon Music for those who have Amazon Music subscriptions. Mm, um, give it a go. Uh, um, but also available on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and probably a few other places. Um, and that's it. So, good night. Good night. Good night. It's pronounced tedious. I mean, in, in, in Kingdom Hearts, I've, I've heard that it's pronounced tedious because apparently Japanese. Um, Pronounce the eyes as E rather than I. So when I, when I was reading it, it was Tidus, which made sense because of the water theme. I think his name is Tiddies. Tiddies? Tiddies. Tiddies. Night Retroid definitely sounds sounded um yeah. Tedious Tiddies. That's his name. That's his full name. That's his middle name. <laughs> oh, man. Poor fictional character. Poor fictional character. Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh.